Welcome in everyone. It's episode 75 of the 1056 podcast. It's the Taylor Hawkins episode. Haven't had an episode since he passed. I figured there's no other person. They yep, he is. I'm not. There's no there's no other person, place or thing that would uh would replace Taylor Hawkins for this episode. Best drummer of the 20th century, one of, I can say. Great drummer. I think, I think one of the in his in his circle. So I mean, I always have a hard time with the greatest musicians of anything thing because it depends on your style. It depends on what do you find is great. Is it feel or is it technical ability? Because people are way more technical than him. True. Right. But yeah. but he it, it, within the same time frame of his existence, there's people like it through the prime of his career and the prime of others' careers. There's more technical drummers, and that's yes. fine. Um, but as far as like bring modern rock as we know it and all, or people might say how modern is the Foo Fighters? They've been around for fucking ever, but as we know it, he is one of the great drummers to do it. I've seen them four times. Yeah. Uh, I saw them recently in Bridgeport when the, in the last show in Bridgeport, I was right in the middle of the pit, but there was no pit. I mean, it was just like just general. Did you open the pit up? Were you just throwing those? Ever long. <laughs> It was one of my favorite shows because of how close I was. I know. And the place is relatively small compared to other venues. Excuse me. Um, so it was fantastic. And th- this tour, they were, and I'm sure people have seen the clips around who, who are following the band and whatnot, or that music scene. And they do Somebody to Love by Queen, and he sings it. And Dave Grohl goes back yes. on drums. Uh, I saw that live. That was amazing. Um I said this on when it happened. I did a social media post because I really only do that about like things I truly, truly like care about as far as like my interest in music. And when uh, a musician dies that I, I, I almost idolize, I it, it affects me. It really does. And and I know it's, it affects a lot of other people more. And I'm, it's not about me. I get that. I'm just saying that out loud. But the Foo Fighters help craft my music taste. Period. Like that, True. so oh, yeah. you know, I, I grew up in a very musical family, not music interested family. We didn't play a lot of instruments, no. But my dad's a walking musical encyclopedia, and he could tell you all about jazz, blues, and classic rock. And he is still hip to current acts today. Um, that he has actually turned me on to some groups, and as far as things that are happening in those type of uh, music genres. And, um, but he is a walking musical encyclopedia. So my brother and I kind of followed suit and we try to learn everything we can about our, mu- our music that we like. So when, as everybody else was, you are in high school and you're kind of finding your, the music that you like. Um, I still loved the stuff I grew up on, which is jazz, blues, classic rock, the Beatles, the Who, Zeppelin, but also like Duke Ellington and Muddy Waters and all that. I love that stuff and I still do, but I was trying to find my own sound. And I remember, uh, trying to find I, I was watching i was probably an award show which is funny because before this we were talking about award shows um it, and i remember seeing a band that played really loud and it was a guy with hair in front of his face screaming into a microphone that's all i remember and i was like that's awesome that was the coolest thing ever and it was it was a it was loud it was in your face it was you know i learned that it gets more aggressive than this but it was aggressive it was like whoo like it was bigger than anything I've heard in a long time. And I didn't know who they were and I didn't remember the name. And then it came back later. I was like, that's them. That's the band. And it was the Foo Fighters. 
And I learned all about everything I could. And I learned that Dave was, you know, as quickly as I could, Dave is all, it was, is the, I knew Nirvana. It was the drummer in Nirvana. I was like, oh, great. This is even cooler. What a, what a great story this is turning into. And I'm learning all about it. And I learned that Taylor came into the band um, late. He came later as in, so they already had two records out and the first record uh, being completely recorded by Dave. And the second one, the drums were recorded by Dave. And in between the second record and the third record, he found his drummer, which who was Taylor, who was drumming for Alanis Morissette. That's right. Solo. I forgot about that. <clears throat> and he was, you know, the, he was, Dave was big time even then. And he was, or he was at the show for Alanis Morissette. He was si- backstage and was watching Taylor drum. He's like, that's the guy. That's the guy I need in my band. He liked the power and the whole thing. And they've even acknowledged that they don't have the same vision for drums. So it wasn't like he found someone who can drum like him. He found someone who can drum like him, like in a unique way that would work for the band. And that takes, that takes a lot of um, wisdom, I think, to, if you're going to craft, craft something where you can already play that instrument better than pretty much anybody else around you. You know, and I even said in my little post, I said, um, Taylor was the only drummer you could put back there where you where you don't wish Dave was there instead. No, and in I don't nobody with any like serious opinion would sit there and say, I'd rather Dave back there over Taylor. Taylor did the job. He did more than the job. He was he was driven by his love for Rush and Queen and the 70s and 80s rock that people would call now dad rock. He was big into that. And that's what drove him. And he loved the proggy bands like Yes and Floyd and King Crimson. And he, um, and, but he also knew just to keep a straight rhythm down, but his drum fills were amazing. The energy was there. And I, I feel for the band too. And I feel for Dave because it wasn't just his drummer. It was yeah. like his best friend. You know, that was made very clear. And there's a lot of people to feel bad for. He had a family, he had a kid. Um, and, but I, I do feel bad for Dave because, you know, that, that was, that was a, there was a meme going around. I mean, meme to me assumes that it's funny, but it was just a post going around saying that Dave was a drummer who lost his front man and then became a front man who lost his drummer. And that that's rough. <laughs> And yeah. I'm sorry, and he's lost a lot of friends. He's in the he's in the music scene. People die way too much in the music yeah. scene for for what the for what the craft is. People die too much. Well, you for do, what yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not like a log truck. You're not like a logman. You're not in the military. You're not. Yeah, you're not ice road trucker. You're not anything like that. You're d- people, and he's lost a lot of friends along the way. Yeah. This one I know this is why you, this, they have been MIA, and they have they should. BMIA, which is a Foo Fighter song, by the way, which I just hit me. So um, that was not on purpose. But they have been MIA. They have should be MIA. Just go do what you have to do to cope yeah. and grieve. They've canceled everything. They canceled all their shows and, and all that. They ended up winning the Grammy for Best Rock Album, which um, I didn't really like the last record, but that's just that has nothing to do with Taylor's drumming on it. He's always been amazing. Um, if you want to hear him at his absolute best in the band, listen to Wasting Light, which is, yep. has your songs like Rope on it, even though that not just because that song has um, a short drum solo segment to it that really drives through that is um, really amazing. 
but his drum feels on that and his the way his drums sound on that record are great i posted a couple videos of things that really emphasize how good he was um i forget the context of it but he was um they were at a show and he was doing a drum solo and then suddenly getty lee and alex life's uh alex lifeson of rush came on stage and they played yyz which is their instrumental off of moving pictures um that's the toronto airport actually i thank you okay i, I do know that but thank you <laughs> um that's a complicated song it's a weird rhythm it has a weird rhythm to it and um he's up there known for his pop rock and modern rock sound that's pretty four four and he's up there crushing this song with his heroes that's a great video to find um there he does um when they played wembley stadium he sang um rock and roll by led zeppelin with jimmy page and john paul jones next to him on stage while dave was on drums and then uh either before or after that he goes back on drums and they do ramble on and dave does the vocals for ramble on still having jimmy page on guitar john paul jones on bass in front of eighty-six thousand people at wembley stadium in england um and he crushes all of that he was a seriously talented drummer and i and I, I, the beautiful thing is that he was so talented that I don't think it was lost on the music community, even though he was sitting behind one of the great drummers of all time. And that's how good you have to be. That's how much of a staple you have to be. Um, I kind of ranted, I uh, ranted a little bit there, but hmm. you know, this is one of my favorite bands of all time. They crafted what brought me to punk and metal, which is, I know sounds like a straight, it may sound like a strange transition, but it, it, them plus some other bands drove me to what my modern music taste is now. And I still listen to everything they always produce. I try to see them as often as possible. And it will be strange that if the Foo Fighters continue, which I don't know what's going to happen. And I wouldn't blame them if they stop for a really long time. Yeah. Um, But if they do get back on the road with somebody else, it will be very weird. Even though it's Dave's band, it will be very weird without Taylor. So that, that was a rough one because it also was unexpected. Um, yeah. I know people have been like the way that they've been talking about it. It sounds, you know, cause he had a lot of drugs in his system, a lot of different drugs, but there's something to note that unless I'm missing something and people can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he died of a, of a heart condition his, his heart kind of gave out or something like that. He took too much that yeah. was too much on his heart, but that doesn't necessarily mean reckless use to an overdose. So I, I'm, I'm just saying like he had his drug problems earlier in the Foo Fighters career and he did almost die. Yeah. And then he realized, and he's on record for saying this, and this has been going around too. It's off the do- a documentary saying that he realized that he can't be doing that if he wants to do what he loves for the rest of his life, which he contended on doing because you have to be an athlete built to be a drummer at the caliber of which he was doing it at the, at the energy he wants to bring to it the way that they tour and the way that he plays and the, the length of the shows that they do. And the, he, he, I think he honestly was taxing his body and he, and his, we, he had, we had a weak heart. This is just my belief. I, I'm not a doctor, but I think he took some way too much stuff and he couldn't handle it when maybe normally he could have for, and he was maybe yeah. taking it for not reckless reasons and it got out of hand and he passed. Um, I'm just saying it just because it, drugs were involved doesn't mean it was a reckless use of drugs to an overdose. It could have been something like a freak accident that normally he would have been fine. And that yeah. night, that night he was not. Um, I, I would wait to hear more about, was he struggling with something again? 
and all of that. But from everything around that, everything seemed pretty stable around his life at that point. Like that night they were in South yeah. America and he was like going off to see um, some other bands and he had like his crew with them and cameras were following him. He's like, yeah, just here to hang out. And everything seemed kind of chill. But again, I don't have the whole story, but it just doesn't seem like that was what was occurring. I, I don't think so either. And again, not a doctor or anything like that. I think also like you're 50 years old and I think just putting your body through that much stress, um, doing anything that's strenuous at 50 years old, you're not like ancient, but you know, like it, you're not, you're not 20, you're not 25, you're not 30, you're not 40. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just maybe got too low, try to take something to up him up and then that causes cardiac arrest. Boom. There you go. Um, who, yeah, who knows? I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. We might, we might find out. I don't think it's relevant. I think the stories that you've been hearing on the internet have been really amazing. Um, Chad Smith drummer for the chili peppers, you know, he was on Stern talking about it. He has a tribute, uh, bass drum pad on his thing. That's a picture. Oh, the Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that for Taylor had that has that bird on tattooed on his arm. Oh, okay. That that specific design is tattooed on Taylor's arm was, Taylor on Taylor's arm. Um, he was talking about how he made Taylor his his son's godfather. Oh wow! Um, there was this leaked story that came out from a music shop. Um, I'm not gonna. I don't have the exact details, but apparently the Dave and Taylor and band would frequent this place whenever they stopped in the city, and you know they would have Dave would have fun with it being himself, and apparently Taylor would go f off to the drum section, and they realized that Taylor would make these massive purchases. Oh yeah. But then he right at a guitar center and he would never leave with anything. And what he was doing, he was buying drums for kids. Yeah. For for other people. And they may not have always been kids, but they were kids and other people. So, you know, he just, you know, those are the nice stories that you like to hear coming out of it. Kind of, he was caring forward. I mean, he was genuinely a nice person, but that was the atmosphere that Dave wanted his band to be. These are who we are. We're rock and roll, we're rock stars, but just to be doesn't just because you're a rock star doesn't mean you have to be a douchebag, and that people are looking at you to carry the torch forward and are inspired by you. So double down on it. So if someone says, "Hey, can I take a picture?" and you have a moment, take the picture. And if you're if you have the money, maybe you use that to start someone's music career. And who knows? It's off chance, really low probability, but who knows where that person might end up? They might end up opening for your band one day, you know, that would yeah. be amazing. Um, inviting people on stage to play and um, just being a really good band overall. That was way too long of a rant, but I, I, yeah. that, that one really hurt. Listen, I, really knew, I knew it was a big deal. I would, I could have cut in at any time, but this yeah. is a sensitive <laughs> subject. So I said, go off King in my head. I didn't really cut there in too go. much. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's there. sad. It, it really is. I think I was fortunate enough to go see them with you uh, at Fenway. That was really cool. Just to like, experience it. It's one of those things. Like Music is one of those weird things in people's lives where you'd be like, I was here when this person did this. I was here. I saw, like, my dad saw Queen in the 80s. Like, it, you can, oh, there's a million stories like that. I saw Kendrick Lamar. 10, 10 years ago at UConn, he was just off of his like first major album, Good Kid, Mad City, and like no one was going crazy for Kendrick Lamar. Fast forward ten years later, he's playing at the Super Bowl. It's crazy. I could say the same thing with Charles Gambino. Like everyone my has dad, those. My moments. dad saw the Who ten times bef- in in a small ballroom ten times before 
uh, Tommy or yeah, Tommy came out. I was going to mention that when you were bringing up your dad. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone has that. And it, it, I, I consider myself very grateful to be able to experience that being like, wow, we saw Taylor Hawkins play drums. It's very unfortunate that he won't be able to make more music for everyone. Um, and, and be a part of the Foo Fighters and kind of he had, carry he had, he had some so He had some solo stuff that was okay. It was, you know, Man. it was fine. It, it wasn't exactly my speed. It was some kind of cover group. He's a thing called Chevy Metal. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. And he had his own thing. He, he had a, he was a kind of good singer voice and he also can sing and drum at the same time. So it's yeah. a good combo. So, um, but, okay. but in the end, that it is, it is what it is. You know, uh, the, I think, I think what you're talking about is the reason why that it becomes personal when it's music um, or any art form, but really music is because music, it can be consumed constantly over yes. and over again. Movies, although I connect to the actors that are in movies that I dearly love and I would have a strong reaction if they passed movies, you can't consume regularly like that. You can't like too watch much a movie on your way to work. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? No, um, you're right. I see and you're point. also not seeing a movie live as it's happening. That's called a play. And so you don't you don't make that immediate connection because they're not right in front of you all the time. So I'm not trying to diminish movies; they serve a whole other purpose to to me. But for music, it is is such an emotional connection because their lyrics might resonate with you at a certain point in your life. Um, they yeah. might spearhead your entire musical journey, which t- ends up being like part of 99% of what you think about, which would be me. Um, then you see them multiple times and you see them in different contexts. So I see the Foo Fighters twice with my brother, once with my best friends and all the memories around that will, I'll always be grateful for. And if it wasn't for Taylor and the band, but Taylor had to be part of that. He, I, I would not have those memories. So he helped create those memories. Yeah. Um, and all of that in the, in the sound just resonates with you. All of it gets really freaking personal. And so when, the person who gives you something that personal and that connected dies. It feels you, you feel for a second, like you lost a loved one. And I, yeah. and I know that my feeling about Taylor is nowhere near the feeling that his wife and kid are having right now. And I'm not making that same comparison, but that's why it's, it, it's even close to being intense, you know, same as sports. Like I, that, I think sports is a, is more of an apt comparison to music than, than like movies. Because you yeah, that's make that connection, draw. right? Yeah. You you share it with another person. You see them live in front of you. You might have a, an actual interaction with them. You know, you might get their autograph, or they they acknowledge you. You see those videos around of players acknowledging fans and talking to fans. Um, you listen to them on the radio. You follow it all year round. Uh, and if you know an athlete passes away that you dearly, dearly respect and love, even if when they're old, that's rough. The emotional yeah. connection they gave you that and um i think that's exactly what we see here so again r.i.p taylor that was good i wouldn't even say that's a rant i think that was more of a, a passionate statement and yes. again go go off there really isn't that much in 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 the beerness we went to a bunch yeah, of moving on <laughs> no you know yeah moving on that was a horrible segue that was a two out of ten segue but whatever right <laughs> uh we we went to two beer fests we did that. Have saw... we not been? We oh. not recorded since then. We haven't right, recorded so since then. So let's talk about the beer fest. I ha- you would have to remind me about. I almost forgot. I literally had my paper from the cast fest in my peripheral vision, and shit. that ah shit, and that one was like oh shit. No one Hold can on. see what you're doing. You're um, just doing this for I, me. I I have my button. 
Again, yeah. if you if you can read, if you know what my button says, please comment what it says below. Yeah. And to any comment section, anything. But we got these stickers from Cask Fest. So I pierced the sticker with the button to pin it to my microphone. Beautifully done. Well done. Uh, uh, yeah. So two roads, area two, Cask Fest, I think 2022. Battle of the brain. Um, this was actually really fun time. Now that all the memories are coming back to me, I feel like this was months ago, but it wasn't. I know. It um, was a long time so I've ago. had people ask me what a cask fest is. So I think it would behoove us, behoove us, that's the word, to explain what it is, even if the people listening might know what it is. Just briefly, what is a cask fest? What was this? Uh, a cask fest is uh, a beer festival where instead of serving beers out of stainless steel kegs or cans or whatever you have either steel casks or just smaller batches of beer and traditionally with cast fest you get you go a little bit outside of the norm so you have a pilsner that can be adjuncted with something random or you have an, an ipa that might be your staple ipa but it's made with something else it's it's more of like an experimental beer fest everything's done on a smaller scale you're making a lot less of it um, and that's, and that's the result. Uh, and that's exactly what this was here. It was, uh, music themed. That was not planned at all. Um, do you have, you're right. That's let's keep it music themed today. It's a music episode. Yeah. Um, do you have the paper? I do. It's, it's, I'm holding it right in front I of me. I kept it cause I knew I was going to need it for this episode, but I don't know where you it were, went. You were harping on me. You, you need to keep this. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And I, so I kept it on my desk just in case I, <laughs> I yeah. threw it out. It's totally fine. Um, the one that won was from the like experimental cask. They won a lot of like the different, um, I guess like awards, if you will. I want to say Mega Brass Monkey won, or the Clouds of Sky. It was it was one in like the experimental music genre, because um, I actually met one of the brewers who was like running that section and i was like talking to him about it so it went very well uh and it was it, it was, was in very area cool. two it was in area two so we like we we walked like all over i've never i haven't been to some of those like parts of area two so it was, it was very cool it was like a smaller event too so it's not like a thousand people or like a couple hundred people i think it was like 800 people max if you yeah, will so so they had different sections scattered throughout area two that were all themed title wise so they had like this, this section is 60s rock and this section is hip hop and this section is heavy is like metal mostly. Yeah. And this section is experimental in this and so on. And um, then, then they had like four or five, like you said, and they're, and they're all named to match that bit. I did, I did appreciate some of the names. There were some bands I didn't anticipate being named. You yeah. Know? Um, like I anticipated things like, I think Rihanna was referenced and stuff like that. And, uh, but like the, the metal band between the buried and me had the, had a yep. beer named after them called ants in the sky. Um, I think they're under experimental, which is really funny because that's a metal yeah. band. But, um, I don't actually remember liking that beer that much. Yeah, <laughs> I was I just like, I'm going to try that. Cause I like that. Band. The one that I liked was, uh, I did it all for the cookie, which is the peach jam with sugar cookie. And I remember you liked that one too. Um, yeah. that was probably the one that stood out to me the most. I thought that one was definitely going to win. Um, but it didn't. So it was cool. It was, it was, it was definitely a unique experience. Shout um, out to, to Tyler, Kaylee and Jeff. Yeah. Some Ping. friends that we met there that are longtime friends of mine from camp. 
Yes. And um, yes, I said Tyler and Jeff. Uh, they, they just happened to share. The same yeah, name. it was it was very weird. He's he's like a taller guy named Tyler and a shorter guy named Jeff, and they were both really good friends. I was like, okay, this yes. is not funny. This um, is punked. <laughs> Waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out of like one of the cast and be like, listen, dude, fucking punked you. Never happened. I haven't seen these guys in a long time. Uh, and I I was really close with them when I used to work at a summer camp. So it was really cool to see them and make some new friends, which was hilarious. Are we transitioning to the next bit? We could, yeah. Because it was hilarious because Tyler and Kaylee ended up going to the next the next day's beer festival, which is the Connecticut Brewers Guild Craft Beer Fest, which we met up with them there. Didn't stay, didn't hang out with them the whole time. We walked around and, and talked to different people. That was um would you say, all right, let's say this. All right. Was this year's Connecticut Craft Beer Fest better? Yes. Or than last year? <laughs> I just wanted to do that to piss you off. You son of a... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I say it was. It was it was bumping. Like, there were. It, it was good. It was very good. Two bands going. Um, two, yeah. two cover bands. They were both very good. Two different styles, which I really appreciated. Um, and uh, I mean, a lot of the beer that we've we've had before, I tried to, who was it? Who, who there was, God damn it. This is why I tried to write this shit down. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. I did. You really? I wrote one down because it was like that good. He took notes. He took notes. Oh, I got this, baby. Don't you, don't you hold I, on. I can't wait until he says he didn't actually write this down. Oh, no. I wrote something else down. <laughs> I went to Massachusetts and I wrote down a beer that oh. was very interesting and I was going to bring it up. Damn. Well, what was the beer? Jesus. All right. So, so I went we'll to... Back a, well, I guess we're going to jump around to topics. I went to a bachelorette party because I am um, in the wedding for, for another camp friend, long time, very close friend of mine, who was getting married in June and I was asked to be in her wedding and she said, do you, want, do you want to be on my side of the wedding or do you want to be on his side of the wedding? I said, well, I hadn't met him yet. He's a very nice man. Very nice. But at the time, I hadn't met him yet. So I was like, why would I stand on his side? It makes sense. I'll stand on your side. Doesn't matter. But so that meant I got invited to the bachelorette party, which, of course, I was the only dude. Um, it was very fun. Everybody was very nice and it was very, uh, very nerdy. It was very, it was, everything was Hogwarts, uh, Harry Potter theme. Mm. But we did plenty of drinking. And I was in Massachusetts, and there was a beer called uh, Study Hall Maple Coffee Amber Ale by Burlington Beer Company. Oh, I've heard of Burlington. They, that was a very good beer. Uh, the, <laughs> no, I, the, I was waiting for you to make a comment. I you don't made know. That you, just, you had this crescendo of the beer, and it was, it was a very good beer. You look like, like you are about to say something. Shut no, up. I was letting you go, man. So this the, is the, the Jeff you, you, you definitely could taste... I, and this is coming from me, who I'm not going to say I have the purest palate in the world, but you could definitely taste the maple and the coffee bit very balanced and very separately in, in a good way. Um, and I don't really like coffee that much, and I was enjoying it greatly. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that because that was actually very good. Something new. All right, back to the Connecticut Brewers Guild. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. I think part of it too, and I'm glad that I stood by this, was like not... <clears throat> not recording while we were there because it is a lot like comparing and contrast the cast fest was a lot more intimate if you will just because it, it's just smaller you're not having like 500 people there Ooh, um intimate and, initiate yeah. silk 
perfect. Oh, you know what? Play it over. No, don't play it over what I'm I saying. It's it, going to be it. weird. Okay, yeah, you do it. You, you do it. Um, Like comparing and contrasting, like Saturday we walked in and we met the people from Brew Roots. So we had like Ben in communication. They're a fellow beer podcast out of Massachusetts. Going to guess. Sorry mm. if you're listening to this. You're right. You're right. Um, cool. Sweet. Great people. And uh, so like immediately, like we're like, bang, walk in, like we're already in conversation, like haven't even taken like 10 steps in. And then like we leave that conversation and it's just like, there's just like commotion and people and music playing and it's loud and this and that, like there's just so much going on. It was like that too last year too. I I don't know if it's just because like we were just able to absorb it a little bit more. We weren't as like rushed, like running around, like interviewing people. That's my opinion. Uh, but uh, this one was great. And we were in the side room a lot too with the other band. Um, so that was great. Actually, you know, one beer that I do remember, there was two. I had Cool Beans for the first time, which Tom M it, absolutely loves that beer. Some say he bumps up the numbers on Untap because he's had it like 500 times, always gives it a five. Maybe he is pushing the numbers in the wrong Talk direction. about a conspiracy theory. Now that's something. Well, that's facts. I got the papers. I got oh. the documents right here. Okay. Um, uh and then one was 10 10 penny <laughs> ale from uh east harford oh, i forget the the name of brewery. it's like east harford brewing or something like that i'm butchering that but 10 penny ale for reference was like one of like the first big beers in connecticut like 25 30 years ago that people always talked about um so yeah east harford brewing group there you go so it was it was always like one of those that was this sort of the column that held up the Connecticut industry early on. So it was cool to to finally try that and it was a Scottish ale. Like so it's not an IPA or a pale ale or something that is uh as commonplace. It's something that was an ale. I saw I was like, "Oh, well, this is not an IPA." Really I really thought it was going to be like an IPA, but it wasn't. So it was very cool and uh yeah, so we hung out with Tyler and Kaylee then too and they told us about groovy, groovy groomsman gifts. So shout out to them as well. Which they work for. So they do. Check out yeah. that is exactly what it sounds like. It's groovy groomsman gifts. Yeah, they uh, they sent us some mugs, which you'll see in all, all of our 1050 trips episodes. It's in the previous one. So if you're Ooh. listening to this, go to our Instagram at one zero five six p o d c a s t and uh, go check it Ooh. out. That was a spicy plug. That that little segue was that made up for my shitty segue from before. So that was spicy. Yes, check that out. <laughs> yeah, so very grateful. Thank you to them. Go check them out. I believe it's Groovy Groomsman Gifts and Groovy Guy Gifts on uh, Instagram and TikTok and all social media. So thanks to them. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so anyway, going back to the fest itself, I'm because I kind of had like a half thought there. It was nice to just kind of like be there and just not have to like record people also like dealing with volume and basically yelling into a microphone um that was also making life a little bit easier so that was good but uh i i really enjoyed it i really didn't think you know having these like two big festivals six months apart in my mind i'm like who's gonna go to this again in march when it just happened in october but people did we went to the afternoon one for reference and it was bumping it was bumping it was jumping and the walls were thumping. We were clumping. And no one was dumping? And no one was stumping. My God, I hope not. I, I hope people were dumping, Ty. They were clumping. I know did I did the that? next day. Yeah, dude. Sorry, man. Way to take one for the team, though, man. You know, you put your GI tract on the line for the sake of content, and that's something that I commend you for, man. Good job. 
go off. This is the go off King, comma Jeff <laughs> episode. Okay, <laughs> so I was gonna name this the Taylor Hawkins episode, but I think it's just go off King. Uh, yeah. So I mean, hey, it was also like great to see. It, it's this community is alive and well. It is thumping and bumping, man. Good to see it. So shout out to Phil and the Guild, doing great things and uh, and keeping keeping shit going. So. Um, speaking of events too, in case you haven't forgotten, former guests of the show, Jamal Robinson and Jess Beer Me, um, they recently announced the change in the air festival is coming June 18th. I think tickets are on sale now, not an ad, but uh, I'm actually not going to even be in the state. I'm really pissed. So Jeff's going to have to sacrifice his GI tract again for that one. So Jeff is... Yeah, <laughs> I will do that now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll. I know that there's a, a foundation set up as well, so I, I gotta at least do something to that. So um, that one's up. There's the Brewers Ball that's happening at Bad Sons. Like, there's there's a lot, man. It's happening. It's happening. Um, People are out there. They're making things happen. We're really excited by oh, it, um, yeah. including. No, go you go. On. No, you go. No, I was it's trying the to go off King, comma Jeff episode, man. I can't. Ty, I was literally going to transition to the thing you told me we we're going to talk about. So oh, unless, okay. you're, <laughs> unless you're going to do something else, I no, know. I was going to do that. Okay. Um, the other thing is, uh, we're we're officially the world's number one athletic brewing podcast. And as of that news being dropped, I will be quitting this podcast. What the fuck, man? Come on, dude. I said go off, King. Now you're just shitting all over me. <laughs> no, I listen. Fuck? I don't think... Uh, uh, Alright, go on. Tell them why. Yeah, so... They just, they don't, it's so much. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much tuna. So, <laughs> so okay, so for those who didn't see Athletic Brewing Company was in the news for two reasons. One, I'll get to like the the lesser of the two, I guess. Um, Athletic Brewing was the 27th highest producing craft brewery in America in 2021. They didn't even make the fucking list, jumped up to number 27. Their beer has no alcohol in it, number 27. I don't, I, to this day, I still don't understand. I'm tired I'm tired of being like old man yells at cloud. I don't get it. I'm flipping. I am waving the athletic flag. I am the biggest athletic fan. I don't, I don't, I, you know what? They nailed it. They took an industry that was dead on arrival. They turned it around and now they are shitting all over every other craft brewery production wise and volume wise. They're crushing it. They're wow. crushing it. Number number one, no other podcast in the world has said that they are the number one athletic brewing podcast in the world. Planting our flag, I can't, we're we're the biggest fans. Who's we? I yeah, they're fine. What? <laughs> they're fine. I like I no, I I'm obviously being dramatic, but like yeah, oh, no. like, I, I enjoy their beer, and I I I, I understand the reasoning for it i i'm just astonished that a brewery that literally shares a border with the town that i live in has just exploded exponentially as far as growth goes it's it's been amazing to see just from a from a beginning following it from the beginning to now i think that's really the astonishment it's like holy shit it's crazy good for them and that's not even the craziest news they were listed as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Innovative Companies. 
Influential someone's companies. Paid. Someone's getting paid. Well, okay, little little behind the scenes there, Jeff. Those lists they usually aren't paid. Like people, companies will pay money to get onto those lists. So. Wait, people pay for influence? I don't want to break it to you. Shit. It's still cool. I, it's Should still we cool. start doing that? Fuck that. We don't have any money, but how, who do no. we pay to get us on Time Magazine's most influential breweries? I was going to, like, full, for everyone, I was going to uh, submit us for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. I think I talked to you about this. This was, like, a couple months ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, the registration fee is, like, like $300. And I was like, yeah, no. I was like, no way. I was like, it's to be, like, nominated but not even win. And then you have to like pay an additional for the trophy, and I was like, okay. You have to pay for your own trophy. Yes, that's supposed to be a gift because you earned the, it. It's like the people on the Hollywood Walk of Fame have to like pay for their star, which is also bullshit. Who did Godzilla pay for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. That wasn't he said. Who did Godzilla pay for that to happen? That's a great question. He has a star. I found it. I made sure I found it. That's right. You did. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. Hmm. How does he probably write the checks? To- probably the Toho company. How does, How does he, he write checks? How does he put a card in the ATM to take out money? Um, he shows up mm-hmm. and they say, please leave. We'll do that for you. Damn. It's, smart. it's just influence. You just walk in. Talk about influence, dude. You walk in and people just serve. <laughs> that's one way to pay for influence, I suppose. Yeah, that's a, absolutely like, it. You, you, you don't, he doesn't pay with money. He pays with, I won't kill you. Yeah, he's like a he's like a bully. He's like a hitman. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm trying. That's to why I love him. Better, I'm, it's relatable. It's the everyman. Yeah, sure. So good for you, athletic. Funny enough, I actually have an athletic beer in my fridge because a uh, friend of the show, <laughs> Phil, fake Phil Markowski, um, and his and his uh, partner came over and. Uh, she had athletic and i was like well isn't this ironic i'm bringing this up next episode about athletic so uh yeah and then uh i was gonna have it and then i got a stomach bug so you know what credit to me for climbing back from um death's door and uh, throwing up for the past five days to make it here so you know it's fine wow you really are a hero you know, you know, that's how I put that at the last part of the show. Like, I didn't right. lead with that. Like, I didn't say, like, that was more important than talking about the impact that Taylor Hawkins' death had on our lives. So, listen, this head could fit through a doorway, all right? Like, I know where my place is. <laughs> Good job, Ty. Why don't we just close it out on that one? Yeah, we will. Uh, we actually do have something great coming up. We are going to be meeting with the new uh, brewery, Velvet Libations, in Wilkett, a 60s theme brewery. My, my cat just meowed. Um, she agrees. She's excited as well. Um, and uh, that's going to be a really good interview. So that's going to be live in person. And that's going to be uh, our next show. So I'm really looking forward to it. Also, too, putting it out into the airwaves now, um, our last guest will was on uh he talked about doing a second episode of just conspiracy theories and we are gonna do it we're putting it out now we're doing it so uh if you have any conspiracy theories that you want us to cover let us know we got some doozies me personally i want to look into the denver airport again okay largest airport in the world people forget that yeah there's plenty billion dollars over budget back into the left that's a jfk thing um so gonna be good but uh other than that raise sorry you know what dude you know what maybe maybe it's my fault 
that I said go off King Jeff and you could just walk all over me. It's <laughs> my ring, bitch. <laughs> Race hell, praise Dale. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.